Well, good morning. It is so great to see all of you here today. My name is Anna, if you haven't met me before, and I'm a part of the team here at Levita. Just want to say to all the parents of school-aged kids, welcome to the school holidays, and good luck if you need it. <laughs> I think I might need a little bit of luck myself, so good luck to all of you. And speaking of kids, I actually want to start today by telling you a story about my daughter Isla. So Isla is coming up on three in a couple of months, but this happened when she was one. And if you have seen Isla running around either out the front here or maybe out in the foyer, I think you can probably picture this story playing out. So we had just gotten out of the car, we were in a car park, and I asked Isla to hold someone's hand. Reasonable request, request you would think. By someone, I meant Jono or myself, but Isla had another idea. She clasped her hands together like this and she started to march through the car park with complete independence, thinking that this was the perfect solution. And this always makes me laugh, thinking of this little, fiercely independent one-year-old that had it all figured out. But it reminds me so much of us. How often do we like to march along in control, independent, thinking that we have it all figured out. God is right there beside us, gently prompting us to hold his hand, to let him be the leader. But so often we like to take matters into our own hands. We think we know best, so we want to be our own leader. This is all if you're anything like me, of course. But I think there is something within our human nature that wants to have control. In fact, we can go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. God had provided for them everything, everything they could ever want and need. They got to walk with God. They got to talk with God. They got to live in relationship with Him. But yet it somehow still wasn't enough. He had given them everything yet they still took matters into their own hands and they disobeyed God. They disregarded what he had said and they went in their own direction. And we all know that didn't really turn out too well for them, did it? So today I want to talk about what it looks like to follow God, to be led by him and not by ourselves. Because the reality is we are all following something, aren't we? And it could be God. And I know that is the cry of our hearts to be lifelong, dedicated, passionate followers of Jesus. But other things can so easily creep in without us even realizing it and try to take that top spot. Things like ourselves, which we've talked about in recent months. Things like comfort or money or influence or power. And these things are not necessarily terrible but they are not designed to hold your hearts captive. They're not designed to be your leader. But if we allow these things to take center stage to be our number one priority, we may not realize it at first, but they become our new leader. When we make decisions, when we set priorities, what we are following determines the path we are on. Or another way of putting it from Matthew 6 verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what we invest in, what we value, what we hold with esteem in our lives will be where our hearts are. So if I desired comfort, for example, if that was a priority in my life, I would chase after things that help me feel safe. I might invest more into friendships with people that don't challenge me for fear of feeling uncomfortable. 
I might not have the courage to step out in faith, knowing that it could make me uncomfortable. I might even choose to keep my mouth shut when God has given me an opportunity, a doorway to step through, to speak about Jesus, because I'm scared of someone's opinion of me and how that might make me feel. But living as a follower of Jesus is not always comfortable, is it? It's not always convenient. In fact, I found it to be very uncomfortable and very inconvenient at times. But it is in those moments that I am especially thankful for God's leadership. I am so thankful that I can lean on Him and His wisdom instead of just relying on myself. And I don't know about you, but I've noticed some things that start to creep into my life when I'm living in that place of leading myself. And it includes, in no particular order, overconfidence, lack of confidence, pride, false humility, lack of awareness of God's voice, overlooking others' needs, self-centeredness, sin, earthly wisdom, self-reliance. What a list. See, God's leadership is not something to tolerate. God's leadership is not something we just suffer through that we reluctantly come under. It's not something we accept just because we know that it is the right thing. God's leadership is something to desire. It is something to embrace. God's leadership lights our path. It leads us into wide open spaces and shows us a life of joy and freedom and peace that we could never experience if we remained our own leader. Holding God's hand is not a punishment for running out into the car park. It is the single greatest, most undeserved privilege that we could ever experience. And as we're led by God and as we live with the Holy Spirit in us, we also get to look at the life of Jesus and see the ultimate follower. And of course we know that Jesus was an incredible leader, don't we? He reframed leadership by showing us what it looks like to be humble, servant-hearted, compassionate, honest, forgiving, and how to value every single person that crossed his path. But he also knew how to follow God. He knew how to live his life relying on God. John 5 verse 19. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. And this is what it means to follow God wholeheartedly. Jesus lived with total dependence on God. He lived his life doing what he saw his father do, valuing what his father valued, pursuing what his father pursued. Jesus is both God and man, and he is teaching us here through his humanity how to live life relying on God and following his lead, just like he did. He is showing us through his life how we need to live in surrender and humility and total dependence on God. And if even Jesus, the Son of God, needed to live this way, relying on God with everything that he had, how much more do we need to do that? And one of the main ways that Jesus shows us how to stay aligned with God and follow his lead is through prayer. Jesus prioritized prayer. And we can see throughout the Gospels that prayer is incredibly important to Jesus. He often withdrew to a place of solitude, sometimes very early in the morning, to pray. 
He really valued that time where he could be alone with his father in prayer, listening and speaking and seeking after the things of God, God's will for his life. He made it a priority and we need to do the same. And I know it is so hard. We are busy people. We have so much going on and I'm preaching to myself, but we need to ensure that we are setting time aside to spend time in prayer with God. Because prayer keeps us aligned with his heart and his will for our lives. When we pray, we're taking the focus off of ourselves and we're putting it back onto God, his rightful place. And alongside prayer, Jesus also shows us another important aspect of following God, pursuing our purpose. And Jesus tells us quite clearly in John 12, verse 27 to 28, what his purpose was. He is speaking of his impending death on the cross and he says, now my soul is troubled and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. And what a powerful powerful passage of scripture where this is, where there is a battle going on between spirit and flesh. Jesus' humanity is quite understandably feeling uneasy. He says his soul is troubled, but yet he pursued his purpose to die on the cross for us so that we could live in relationship with him, so that we could know him, so that we could know his love and we could know the freedom of living under grace and not under the law. He took our punishment upon himself and he carried that conviction to completion on the cross. Jesus pursued his purpose despite the fact that he did not deserve that pain. He did not deserve that humiliation. He did not deserve his crucifixion, but he took it upon himself for us because that was his purpose. And as God's followers, we can learn from Jesus what it looks like to pursue our purpose. We don't just see it in that one moment, but throughout Jesus' life, he was committed to his purpose. So for us, we need to allow our purpose to determine our priorities, our decisions, our schedule, And I encourage you, if you feel like you are lacking in purpose, turn to the Word, because there is purpose in there for you. And I truly believe that God has a plan and a purpose for every single one of our lives. But even if you haven't really figured out what that might be for you yet, I just encourage you, there is always, there is always Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. If all else fails, you always, always have that purpose. So we can learn so much from the way that Jesus followed God while he was on earth with humility, dependence, and faith. And I am thankful that Jesus followed God's plan to completion, aren't you? And as I look back at my life, I can see that God's leadership and his plan has never let me down either. We are better off when we follow him and his leadership. We find more freedom, we find more joy, we find more peace in our lives. 
And I think we can convince ourselves somehow that we somehow lose out when we decide to follow God with everything that we have. We feel a loss of control. We feel that sense of vulnerability of not knowing what is around the corner. But the truth is, we never know what is around the corner anyway. We want to secure for ourselves comfort and joy in our future. I know I do. But God, God holds our futures within his hands. He knows what is around the corner and he has promised to be with us through it all. Proverbs 16 verse 9 says, In their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So we can make plans and we do make plans. We make them all the time. But when it comes to our path in life, when it comes to our deep purpose as human beings, God is asking us to let him take the lead, to hold out our hand and say, yes, God, you can lead me. Yes, God, you can guide me through the highs and the lows, the ups and downs, the victories and the struggles, the comfort and the pain. You can be the leader. You can be in control. And it's not easy for us to surrender, is it? Surrender is not a comfortable word and it is not a comfortable act. Surrender is vulnerable. Surrender exposes our hearts. To surrender is an act of faith that says we are choosing to believe with our whole heart and acknowledge with our whole life that God has won the victory. On the battlefield, surrendering is to yield to another power or control. It is to stop resisting or to stop fighting and submit to an authority. Surrender on the battlefield generally means a loss. It means you've assessed the situation and have come to the conclusion that you are not on the winning side. But when we surrender, when we yield our power or our control over to God, we know that we are already on the winning side because Jesus won the victory for us. So we are not losing when we surrender. We are on the winning side. Jesus won the victory for us so we can share in this victory through our surrender. We can put our trust back in God, the ultimate leader that we could ever follow. Romans 6 verse 11 to 14 shows us what it looks like to be under the leadership of God through accepting the salvation that Jesus brought for us on the cross. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness, because you are under grace. And this is why we can surrender. This is why we can trust wholeheartedly that God is worth following, because he brought us from death to life, because he saved our souls. He redeemed us when Jesus died on the cross for us. We couldn't do that. We couldn't die that death. We could not save ourselves. Only God could do that. But he didn't stop there. 
He didn't just save us. He didn't just redeem us, even though those were acts of indescribable, undeserved mercy. He then asks us to offer ourselves back to him as a living sacrifice. He asks us to be under his leadership and his care. How incredible is that? The God of the universe wants to lead you. He wants to be close to you. He wants to listen to you and speak to you and hold your hand as he guides you through the path that he has for you. He wants to show you his grace and his love. And he wants to use you as an instrument of righteousness. Through relationship with Jesus, God has changed our status to righteous. The Bible says that when we accept Jesus, we become a new creation and that God has changed our status to righteous. But God wants our righteousness to go beyond just our status. It's great that we are righteous, isn't it? It's great that we are new creations. But that verse back in Romans 6, verse 13 says, to offer every part of ourselves to God as an instrument of righteousness. What is that telling us? It's telling us that we are not meant to just sit in a cozy little bubble of righteousness, knowing that we are fine, that our eternity is secured, that God and I are all good, so nothing else matters. No. We are to offer up everything that we have, every part of ourselves and our lives to be used as an instrument for the glory of God to be his hands and feet, to show people the love and the compassion that he has shown us, to teach and disciple, to pray for and to point people to Jesus always. Worship team, you guys can come up and join me. I started this morning with that story of Isla holding her hand, marching through the car park with that fierce independence. And I don't know if you can see a little bit of yourself in that story. I know I can. Church, we so desperately want to know that things are going to turn out okay, don't we? And I think that is a part of what drives us to want to take matters into our own hands, to try and be the leader of our own story. But I want to remind you today that we have hope in Jesus. And hope is not just a nice pretty little word that makes us feel good for a few minutes before we dive back into the word, the world of news, social media, COVID, monkeypox, all these things that are going on around us. Hope is real. Hope is tangible. And that is what we have within us as followers of Jesus. We have this hope and it is an anchor for our souls. So when you're thinking about this hope that we have, I want you to think beyond just something that does make you feel nice for a few minutes and realize the reality of what we have within us as followers of Jesus. And this hope is not just for us. This hope is for everybody that we meet because we know that this world needs hope now more than ever, at least in my lifetime. And this hope, it is the perfect thing to counteract our need for control, our fear of the future, our desire for all of our plans to come to pass. Our futures, our lives, our paths are in safe hands. 
God shows himself as faithful again and again. And while we may not always understand God's plan, it is as being outworked in and through our lives, I know for sure that we can trust in him. I know for sure that He is worth our surrender, that He is worth following. And I know for sure that His path for my life is far better than anything I could dream up for myself. I know that we can hold on to hope through every season. And it is not easy to hand over the reins, but trust that God has called you by name. He knows you intimately. And as we let Him lead us, as Ephesians says, He is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. Church, if you're able, would you stand with me this morning? As we come to the end, I would love to give you an opportunity today to give your life to Jesus. You might have never made that decision to follow Jesus, or maybe you have, but you know today as you've been listening that you are very much walking your own path in life and you would love to get back to the heart of God, to be pursuing His path and not your own. I would love to pray for you. I'm going to read out a prayer and if this is you, you can just read along in your heart. Dear God, I thank you for your love for me. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me, for my sin and my mistakes. Today, I give my life to you. I turn from my old ways and accept that I am a new creation in you. I accept you as my Lord and Saviour and I choose to follow you and your path for my life. Holy Spirit, come and fill me now and help me to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer, I am so happy for you. What an amazing decision. We'd love to chat to you. So come and see someone. Maybe you came along to church with someone this morning. Let them know or come and chat to one of the team. We have some resources that we would love to give you. and We'd love to be walking this journey out alongside you. And everybody, we're going to go into a song now called Available. And I just encourage you, take this moment and make yourself available to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. So I truly believe that when we take these moments and make ourselves available and lift, even lift our hands and surrender and say, God, I want you to work in my life. I wanna meet you here this morning. He will show up. So let's just open our hearts and make ourselves available to the Holy Spirit this morning. God bless you, church.